Welcome to Running Poles. I'm Naren Angus. And I'm T. Statman. If Coach ever heard what we were actually thinking. Or drinking. We would definitely be running. Leave the bath in Stillwater. Carrie Everly just threw her first <laughs> career no-hitter. This is a hustle fight right here by Statman. And she gets in just under the tag. She drove that ball out deep to left center, and we've got a brand new ball game. Statman just not pulling the trigger on that. Looks like it could have been slightly low. And with two strikes, that's when you have to protect on This week's guest not only has played baseball all over the world, but he has an IMDb page with actual credits on it. Now he has a new series called On Deck with some pretty heavy hitters that is coming to Instagram TV soon. Welcome Alex Bentley to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. An IMDb page that has actual credits on it. That was, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> IMDb pages that didn't have real credits on them? <laughs> I mean, I have an IMDb page. Do you? You do? Yes. Do you have, do you have any, anything Wait, else? Let's, let's look it up. <laughs> How do you have an IMDb page? Well, let's just say I dabbled a little bit. Oh, I have three credits. Oh my that. gosh, you do. This is real. Three credits to my name. You were a sex slave? <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest shit I've seen in a long time. <laughs> All right, what are we drinking today? Tea? Today I have Drip drop dehydration relief because you're out of alcohol. It's the morning. <laughs> you say it's morning? It is. I guess it's whatever. It is it's not the morning. morning. Alex, Who, what you got? And when has I that ever stopped you? On a room temperature glass of alkalized water. Because it's Monday? A sliver of organic lime. Because I'm woke AF. Very millennial of you. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I am enjoying a. Hop Stupid Beer from Lagunitas. Sentimental value. I've done some work with them in the past. They helped me be a part of Blue Mountain State. Um, what about you? See, I would have gone with a local beer, local being to Nashville. But then when we realized that you were going to be on our show, I switched it up. So I'm going with uh, the 394 Pale Ale. Oh, San Diego. I love it. Cool. Well played. Even though, even though I'm a dog like it. Even though I'm a Dodger fan and this is a Padre beer. Yeah, but all the Dodger fans still love Tony Gwynn. Yeah, it's true. Just like all of you guys love Tatis. You guys hate Machado, but you know we're coming for you. Throw your fans. I've done three podcasts in the last month, and all three podcasts I've said that. Throw your fan. <laughs> so the On Deck series is by ball players for ball players. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I forgot we wrote that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, man, that, that's basically, you know, kind of a test of the authenticity. That, that was one of my biggest problems with a lot of baseball productions that I had seen. And one of the biggest inspirations with this one was we were going to create something really authentic for the ball players to appreciate saying, yep, that's how it is. You know, I watched uh, shows like Ballers and, and it was like, yeah, that, that's what that practice looks like. That's how that feels. That's how that goes. Um, our show is going to be a little bit more wholesome. Uh, you know, it's for younger ball players too. Not, not so much for gen pop. Uh, general population. So, I mean, it's for both, actually. I shouldn't say that, but it's going to take care of the core audience of baseball players first. That's what that means. What was the main inspiration? Was it, was it that? Was it a player that you know? Was it yourself? 
Uh, all of the above, a lifetime of, ex you know, just a lifetime of experiences and stories and amazing people that I got to cross paths with that um, kind of inspired certain characters, certain stories, certain scenes, uh, certain arcs, certain challenges. And um, yeah, man, I, I just think we have a really, really amazing game. There's just not enough stories around it. So I just decided I want to create the best baseball show of all time. And I've been really fortunate with the casting, with uh, the storytelling, with the mentorship that I've had, with the people that have joined in and helped. Yeah, it's, it's just been a blessing from day one. Things just keep falling into place, you know? So yeah, we've been lucky. The right ingredients have been there. So, okay, you were, you were in pitch though. That's one of your credits. I was, I was in the pilot of pitch. It was actually in the first five minutes. My, my pops and I watched it together when it came out and we didn't know if I was going to be in it at all because it was so limited and the way it happened was really unique. Um, I actually kind of crashed that scene uh, in a way. <laughs> I, I was a featured extra that day. I, I auditioned. Uh, I showed up. We had a baseball game. I think it literally rained as a blessing. So I, I was playing a college baseball game in San Diego playing against uh, Palomar College. And this rain came out of nowhere and stopped the game in the seventh inning. And then I got in my car, still in uniform. I left my baseball gear on the field with the catcher's gear still on, ran to my car, got in the car, drove 80 in a van that barely goes 65 to this audition, got there at the last minute, and it's just a bunch of guys there, and they're telling them who they're picking and who they're not picking. And some of these guys look like schlubs. I'm like, man, you had the audacity to show up to play a pro baseball player looking like that? And they looked at me like this douchebag in uniform. And I was genuinely coming from a game. Like I had my cleats in my hand and I was with socks on, high socks, uh, eye black, tape, sleeve. You know, I looked like a ball player. Um. <laughs> because you were. Right. So on the spot, they're like, right as I walked in, they just pointed me straight into the yes group. And it was like three guys. Uh, so we were on set the week later and um, – there was uh, Drew Macias, Brett Wallace, a few other former uh, MLB guys that I recognized. And I could tell these were the ex-ball players that now working in entertainment that they brought on to play some of the Padres. So I kind of finessed into that group and just followed them in the clubhouse. And then at the time, I was taking, taking cinematography classes at San Diego City College. So I was watching the camera set up and kind of standing around lurking. Nobody really knew I was supposed to be there, so nobody told me to be anywhere. And then I saw this big, nice, comfy chair that I knew would be in both shots based on where the cameras were at. So I knew I'd be in that shot no matter what. So I took my glove, I took a pair of cleats and I just pretended to be working on the laces of the glove and uh, pregame, you know, high socks, shorts, pants next to me, ready to get going. And they do the first take. I'm like, I think, I think I'm in the shot. We're good. We're good. We, we did it. We snuck into a scene. <laughs> and um, Paris Barclay, who directed a bunch of Sons of, Sons of Anarchy says cut and he walks right over to me and I am fired on the spot. I'm like, Oh, I'm about to get fired. This is over. Cool. I'll go back to college baseball. Cause I, I'd missed a day of practice to be there shooting that day. And he comes up to me and says, the way you turned your head there on the left, that was perfect. Can you make sure you do that again for continuity? Keep doing that. <laughs> that was great. And I, I swear a little PP came out. Um, <laughs> so that was my pilot story. And then I actually got to speak in, in another scene. Didn't make the cut, but you know, that was really cool. I was like, I, I feel like I snuck into this actor thing. And then I start seeing interviews and all these actors are like, I feel like an imposter and they don't know it yet. I'm like, I relate, man. So, you know, having confidence in this industry is crazy. How did your coaches feel about you missing practice? Okay, so funny story. Um, I, I, I showed up two hours late to practice the next day after missing practice that day. 
And I told the guys I need to go. They said, you can't go. You were in this scene yesterday. You have to be standing in the same spot or else you won't be in the same spot when they cut shots. Continuity. So I got there two hours late. I finally finessed. I gave someone else the pullover I was wearing and I was like, just face into the locker. Don't even tell them I left. I'll be back in two hours tops. I go to practice and I've got like 50 brand new nice MLB balls. So it was a little bit forgiven, but I was running the rest of the day. And then I was the starter all year. I actually started as the third string and, and ended up the first starting catcher by, uh, by the seventh game of the year. So this is the only game I missed. He benches me the next game, and the catcher who finally gets a chance to take the starting job back goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and three pass ball errors and two throwing errors. He had five errors and three strikeouts in one game. And then I had actually <laughs> – I remember this so vividly. Um, so my suspension was over. I got the job back the very next day. Um, but yeah, I was somehow able to balance those two, you know, pitch and pitch and practice, but I wasn't about to pass up an opportunity to play a San Diego Padre on a national TV show over two games at my junior college. <laughs> How'd you hear about the audition? Okay. That's what makes it a little messed up. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> the location scout showed up at one of our practices, believe it or not. And my coach was kind enough to tell her he's a very passionate film student. So you know, I was, I was charismatic enough at the time, 22 years old, to have a nice conversation with her and, and exchange contact info. And she told me about when and where the audition would be. And in exchange, I helped convince coach to let them use the field for a scene. And when Ginny Baker has the high school state championship flashback, that's at our college field. So it was a, a little give and take, you know, just being right place, right time, you know. By being in pitch, have you used that experience in creating your show? Um, you'd be surprised. No, actually in pitch, a lot of the stuff baseball wise wasn't authentic, which is something I've always had a problem with since I was a kid. Um, you know, stuff as simple as like that guy wouldn't be left-handed or wait, 36 yeah, home yeah. runs and 48 RBI. What? Who wrote that? You know, like we noticed these things yeah. we're baseball lovers. So that's always been my biggest problem with content like that. So pitch kind of rubbed me the wrong way as far as baseball authenticity. You know, that was literally a show created for gen pop not baseball yeah. people. So that's something I've said from day one with On Deck is this is for the baseball world. That's the inner core audience of the show. If the rest of the world picks it up and loves it, great. But if they do, it will be because the baseball people did first. Anytime you have a baseball project that baseball people don't like, it's probably, it's probably trash. Yeah. As far as baseball people are concerned. I tried to watch Pitch. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm in it and I couldn't even finish watching yeah, Pitch. I tried. I made an attempt. Um, I think I watched the pilot and maybe the second episode. I, I skimmed through the other episodes just for the baseball team and it. half of them worked for me at, at most. Yeah. And it's nothing well, against the show. I'm glad the general population no. liked it. It was a cool story. It was just when you have a pitcher delivering CGI pitches and you're right, yeah. not even in tune with the game enough to know that the only way that would ever happen in reality was if she was a knuckleball pitcher. You know, yep. you're trying to tell me this, this, Kylie Bunbury can throw 89 miles an hour. Really? In what reality? And I was in high school when it came out. Yeah. So I thought it was all cool. And then I was watching, I'm like, I can do that. That was my problem was like when they zoom in on the grip and you're looking at the grip and you're like, mm -hmm. huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know what? That's where they lost us. You know, you had me, <laughs> you had me with, uh, what's his name? Bot, the <laughs> catcher from Saved by the Bell. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they had me at Saved by the Bell and then they lost me. But to answer your question, though, I'd say the only way pitch really affected on deck was 
just reminded me how much we need uh, authenticity for the baseball world and portraying baseball in every way, uh, truthfully, you know, not, not this pop culture version of it. You know, the, the show is for the baseball world, the baseball players, the baseball people, baseball families, high baseball IQ people. And I've been saying that in meetings too. You know, it's like, if you want to create a version of the show that expands into something for everyone, that's fine. But the authenticity has to stay on online, on par, on point. Well, it's interesting to me that we have baseball movies and baseball shows that they feel like they can take anybody and make a baseball player out of them. But then you have movies like Miracle and just ho hockey movies in general. You have to have a hockey player. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't take Joe Schmo off the street and expect him to know how to skate and stop on a dime. That's, that's my thought. Million Dollar Arm, Moneyball, uh, Bill Durham. I'd say those are the three best baseball movies as far as authenticity, which is why they're my three favorite baseball movies. And I think that's what those three have in common. That's why they're the best baseball movies is all the baseball parts of them are spot on. Yeah. Well, I think The Sandlot, duh. The Sandlot's pretty good. They found kids who can play baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did a podcast last week and their previous guest was uh, Yaya, the, the chubby. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Sandlot. Uh, the natural i didn't like the natural no i know it's everyone's favorite i don't know why there's some cheesy as hell to me cheesy predictable um actually i did a report on this in college i did a report on the natural because we had to do a report it was for english class on literature being turned into film and like what was different and in the book he strikes out <laughs> as he should have in the movie um right hits a ball out of the light and he hits the lights <laughs> out like <laughs> but in the book he strikes out i would watch that movie want to know a sleeper baseball movie that's top five that most people don't know about pride of the yankees with gary cooper 1943 oh. if i'm not mistaken okay true story all accurate Baseball stuff's on point. Even the McKay, he got the swing down. He looks just like Lou Gehrig. They got the perfect guy to play the Bay. Oh, actually, I think Babe Ruth plays himself in the movie. I think he does. I think you're right, actually. I'm not mistaken. That, that's a great one, too. So we, we, there's four. We should come up with a fifth. What's the fifth best baseball movie? I, I, I always liked Little Big League and Rookie of the Year as a kid, but I just went back and watched them recently. And yeah. 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 Nah. Okay, here's a baseball movie idea that I think will be the fifth best baseball movie ever. I'm going to make it sometime in the next okay. five. Do you guys remember Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow? Yeah, of course. Magic Shoes. Yeah. Okay, tell, tell her about that movie because she doesn't know what we're talking about. T, you haven't seen it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I like that he knows that I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. No, I haven't. Oh, my he God. Knows. Okay. Long story short, an orphan is donated a pair of Michael Jordan shoes yeah. and becomes Michael Jordan ability. As, as a 12 year old. So it's, he's a little kid so in the NBA and he's basically the MVP of the league. And then he loses the shoes and he learns a lesson about confidence and just believing in yourself. And the shoes were never real. He just thought they were, the ability was within all along, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so. And then he gets adopted movie. by his Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That part's cute. I forgot about that. Um, so anyway, we want to do Like Mike with Mike Trout. Oh. Yeah. I like it. Actually, Trout doesn't have to be in it. It would be funny if Trout adopted the kid, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. Trout's like. Uh, the kid just uh, finds Trout's cleats. 
and, and he knows that's what they are. And he, he's like a 12 year old hitting bombs off Chris Sale, you know? <laughs> so with On Deck, you've roped in some major league players to make cameos. Reminds me of shows like Entourage, honestly, because I love Entourage and they always have someone making a cameo. Um, I've only ever watched two episodes of Entourage. Oh my God. What? I know, I know, I know. But what? hey, at least you know my show is going to be authentic for what it is and not a copycat of it, you know? <laughs> Very true. I freaking love Entourage, man. I've heard good things and I enjoyed what I saw. I, I love the cameo thing, even in movies. Um, any, any, any sports movie that has, you know, Hardball with Keanu Reeves, with Sammy Sosa. Oh, by the way, that's top five. Hardball. Hardball. Oh. Hardball. Pride of the Yankees, Bill Durham, Million Dollar Arm, Moneyball. Top five baseball movies. Real quick, speaking of Bull Durham, did have you seen the t-shirt that the Durham Bulls made for this season? It says, it's got the Durham Bulls logo on it, and it says 2020. It goes, uh, this year is Bull shirt. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, okay, moving on. Um, Anyway, okay, so like Fernando Tatis Jr. is a big part of your show. Um, so talk about guys like him and how that came to be and then who else we can expect to see. Yeah, we got so lucky with some of the cameos. Uh, we went to the winter meetings just to shoot some B-roll and we ended up getting cameos with Jenny Finch, Harold Reynolds, Scott Boris, uh, the Friar mascot, Adam Jones. Um, it was wild. We, we just kept telling people what we were doing and they're like, you know what? I'm down. I want to be a part of that. Um, it was really cool. And then we reached out to Tatis, told him all about it. I couldn't believe it. He said, let's do it. Why not? So um, he was cool, man. He's a, he's a natural actor. He's a natural. He's a character. He's, oh, yeah. He, he lives the way he plays, man. Full of love, light, energy. He's, he's, he's one of the best. So we were super lucky to have him. We were able to shoot enough uh, content with him to have him appear in three episodes that day. We had him for one day and then, yeah, I can't, can't wait to show it. That's awesome. And uh, we're looking at a few more guys. Can't say who yet, but we got a private jet scene coming up with one of the better Dodger players. Um, Does he live in Nashville? I don't know where any of them live. <laughs> uh, is he a newly acquired player? Come on, Marin. No can do. But, but you'll see it when it comes out. Or is he from Arizona and has won all of the awards? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Kershaw no anyway I'm not telling you who but um yeah the cameos are a big part of the show um and they're all portrayed authentically um you know we're kind of telling a fictional story within the real baseball world you know everything is grounded in reality um there is kind of a Marvel-esque aspect to one of the scenes and, and the product that the story kind of revolves around but uh that's all I can really say about that when can we expect a trailer to be out? Um, hopefully soon. We're, we're talking to a couple networks and streaming services, so we have to see what happens with that first. You know, hopefully it will have a home for the show here in the near future. And, and once that's the case, we'll, we'll have an idea about a date. You know, hopefully sooner than later, because we've already shot most of the show. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to get any extra info out of you. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've tried to pry. It's not working. I think I, I was reading about like the, the main character and how his career is over and he's trying to figure out like the next step. And actually I feel like that's just athletes in general, but yeah. And 
but a lot of times what happens with those athletes is they like they lose their identity completely they're like who am i who am i without playing ball mm-hmm. that's all i've been my entire life as a ball player and now i'm not a ball player so it, it's something every athlete experiences at some degree at some point no matter what sport no matter what level they play to um very rarely do people who play the game at a high level in college or beyond get done and know exactly what they're going to do and get a head start running into it. I was one of the very few people that I saw around me that had that. Um, I knew from before playing college ball, I was going to be making films for the rest of my life. You know, even if I, I, I said, even if I make it to the big leagues and play till I'm 34, 35, hypothetically, mm-hmm. I still know what I'm going to be doing in the off season. I still know what I'm going to be doing as soon as I get done with my career. So yeah. that I feel like that's something a lot of ball players go through, especially, um, you know, is, is they, they may not necessarily even be done, but just getting cut once is so devastating. You know, it's like a Mike Tyson blow. And that's what this character goes through. Uh, the lead, Jaden Hill, played by Kendall Reese. Um, and he's, you know, got a, several other ballplayers. Maxi, uh, played by Don Benjamin, and Xavier, played by Xavier Jimenez. And these characters kind of see him go through that. And I can't really tell you exactly who does what, but there's a lot of truth in what these characters are doing and going through and what they're experiencing in route to the big leagues or, you know, not making it to the big leagues for some of these characters, you know, not everyone has a happy ending. And this story, this story shows that too, for sure. You know, this, this character gets hit in the mouth in the first episode, but obviously, you know, not everything has a happy ending, but we still get to see a comeback and attempt to make it. Obviously we set the this, this show up in a place that it can, you know, lead into a couple of seasons. So anything could happen. You know, there are certain arcs that we haven't closed off yet that are still open to decide where to go with them, which characters to go where with. Uh, the, the agent, uh, Ben, played by Adek Barsigian. The mother, played by Kamaya. She's a singer and apparently an incredible actress. We have the analytic coach, the baseball science nerd, DJ, played by Alex Galen. He creates a performance-enhancing product that some of these players get involved with. And that's where the first episode takes us, which kind of raises the conversation with Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, the steroid era, who's banned and why. And then we, you know, you can't have that conversation now without having the Astro conversation. So the, the show touches on all those topics. I think it's going to be one that a lot of baseball fans and players can relate to on several levels, uh, all portrayed authentically, uh, true to the sport, true to what comes with committing your life to the sport. You know, 1% of players make it less than that, you know. It's kind of kind of similar to acting. I chose yet another thing that 99% of people fail at. I don't know what that's about, but maybe I need help. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the kvetching corner. Welcome to the kvetching corner. I could kvetch about anything. What do you want me to kvetch about? <laughs> Are you petting a dog right now? I sure am. But, you know, I, I kind of made this internal promise recently that I wasn't going to complain anymore and wasn't going to do any gossiping of any kind anymore. I spend a certain amount of time on social media a day anymore. So, I mean, I respectfully decline. However, I will say most of this time we've been complaining about uh, inauthentic baseball productions. Uh, what else did we fetch about? Typically, I'd like to fetch, but today I choose not to. Well, thank you so much for coming. Give a plug for all your fans. How can they find you? Don't find me. Find the show. www.ondeckseries.com. Uh, On Deck 2020, if you're looking it up on IMDb. 
Um, it's directed by Sir Darius Blaine, who plays Young Fridge in Jumanji. Uh, we've got cameos from Dante Bichette Jr. Jumanji is one of my favorite movies. Several big leaguers, several minor leaguers, announcers, agents, powerhouse names in the sport. Um, I think we got something that the baseball world's really gonna like here. Good work. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to put it out. Stay tuned, you know, it's just at On Deck Series on Instagram. Um, we've got a lot of behind the scenes content coming, interviews, sneak peek looks, all that good stuff. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the Running Pulse podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even Apple Podcasts. Woohoo! Please give us a five-star review and leave a little comment so we know that you're listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Running Pulse Pod and on our website at runningpulsepodcast.com. It was really sketchy, but it wound up okay. It was fine. Did you have to take dead cow pass? That's how you go from Phoenix to San Diego. You can take dead no. cow pass through the desert. Cross it off the bucket no. list. I'm, I can't. I don't. You were a sex slave in a. Was it a short film? <laughs>